Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One, two, three, four. And welcome into the 24-7 football recruiting podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patagno alongside, as always, 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivins. It is Tuesday, March 21st. We are back on the wagon. And guess what? Noteworthy day. For the recruiting nerds out there, it is rankings release day, the 2024 top 247. Getting a nice facelift. Drew, Chris Singletary, Gabe Brooks, myself, as well as a whole team at 24-7 Sports getting in on the action. And Drew, this is a notable top 247 release as we've hit on in the past. This is the earliest we have ever assigned 32 five stars, and that is notable for the reason that this is a very difficult task. So the earlier out that you do this, the projections a little bit more difficult and the evaluations are a little bit more muddy because you don't have the clarity of all verified testing data, production, so on and so forth. So we're going to talk about that process in a minute, Drew. I know it's been a long Long weekend for you, my friend, and a long start to the week. Only a couple hours out, this show will come out after the top 247 rankings release. But let's get a vibe check on the director of scouting. How you doing down there, my friend? I am doing good, man. FAU Owls into the Sweet 16. Wow, what a uh, what a weekend uh, for my sport sporting fandom. Um, I had the Owls on, on Friday night. Uh, Florida Panthers on on Saturday night with an epic comeback, and then FAU punches their ticket on Sunday, beating FDU. Um, and now I'm going to Madison Square Garden. I I got my plane tickets booked. I'll be there Thursday. Do not have tickets. Surprising that uh, I, I I wasn't high enough on the priority list for uh, the school I consistently represent on the CBS Sports platform. So a little annoyed there, but we're gonna figure it out. I'm doing good, Coop. Um, fired up about these rankings. A a re- refreshed, remodeled, refurbished top two four seven. Uh, I think all those words could be used for this. You talked about the thirty two five stars, and I think we need to really kind of expand on that. Right, a shift in philosophy from what we've done in the past. Usually at this at this stage in the cycle, right, eleven months before things go final after National Signing Day, or in the days leading up to National Signing Day, that February um, signing period, you know, we would normally have like 12 or 15 right now, but we expanded this to a full 32 player field 
Gabe Brooks, uh, our guy, he used the term, it's it's living and breathing, right? Um, that's going to provide fans, users, and listeners um, a, 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 a big board of sorts, right? It's kind of like the NFL draft. You look at those early mock drafts, this is kind of the same thing, right? Um, and it's setting the stage for a ton of movement. Yeah, we've had some off-season camps. Um, there's been, what, seven-on-seven seven tournaments, uh, and, and then we got the tail end of the junior seasons. The last time we updated this thing was in mo- mid-November. Uh, so we got the tail end of junior seasons, uh, a few off-season events. But really, we're going to get into the bulk of kind of that circuit here in um, you know May with, the, with spring football. You have that in some states. And then uh, this summer, you got the future 50 Elite 11 final. So I guess the big thing is, this is going to be fluid and it's different. And, you know, why 32? Why, why has that always been the magical number for us? Um, 32 reflects the 32 first round draft picks every year. Besides this year, Miami Dolphins don't have a first round pick. Uh, we don't need to get into that. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited about the top 247 as a whole. Um, 43, 43 new names go in, which means 43 names come out. Um, and, and Cooper, you brought it up. Like this is... It comes down to uh, long-term projection, verified athletic markers, what we know about these guys. Um, so I'm feeling good about it as we record on Tuesday morning. I'm sure tonight um, will not be fun. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of messages coming my way, but I'm standing by the work. It should be fun. You know, it's a, it's a build-up until February. It's 11 months away. How much stock do you put into a Mel Kuyper Jr. or a Daniel Jeremiah mock draft in May, the year before the NFL draft? That's essentially what I'm saying right now. And we have a duty because we work for a company that is, to, is supposed to entertain. And our job here is to be put in a position where we are going to make the most educated guess with the information that we have ready, ready available. And the other part of this is that the other shoe has to drop at some point. We are not married to this particular top 32 or this update through the one to 247. It's not the way it works. Yes, we have the tail end of the junior tape. We have what we've seen in the early months of 2023 at a lot of these Under Armour combines and showcases, seven on seven events. We're doing the best with the information that we have ready available to us. So the players that have seen somewhat of a rise in the rankings are the guys that we're going to lean on because not only have we seen them, but we feel very comfortable about the whole picture of these players. And right now there are a lot of players that we do like that we're still gathering a lot of information on. So That's really important. And this plays out all the way until February. And a lot of times, we don't really even get to submit our opinion on these players until we see a guy like Yonze Pierre in Mobile at the Alabama-Mississippi game. Until we get to see a bye Job at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. I mean, we got to be patient. So it's not about getting it right in March. We want to get it right in February. And I get it. I, I get how, how much the game is covered and how much fans love the star rankings process. And I love that, too. That's what pays the bills, keeps the lights on for us. You know, but we're also not slinging mud at a wall and just saying, hey, I hope it hits. 
the other the other point in this, Drew, is the guys that we put in this top 32 doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to stay there, as I alluded to earlier. But we also wanted to make sure the bottom doesn't fall out, right? You don't want a player ranked in the top 32 end up on the back end of the top 247 or a 90 outside. It's the worst nightmare for us. It's the absolute last thing we want to happen. So these guys that are in the top 32 right now, like I said, 11 months from now, who knows? But we still feel really good about the players, not only what they've shown, but the trajectory of the players as well. So I know it sounds like a soapbox, but and, it, and it's no fault of anybody but us. I mean, we, we have to educate. And this is us educating and us being transparent and say there's a reason that these guys in this top 32 particularly are on top of the board. So before we jump into the nitty gritty of the rankings and how we got here, I mean, it helps to have a big picture perspective on this. And I want to start with the quarterbacks because I think that's where the conversation is going to be after this release comes out. There was five last year in the top 32, incredibly talented at the top. If you're not familiar with that class, there was Arch Manning, the number one player in the country. There was Nico Iamaliyeva right on his heels. And then there was Dante Moore, Jackson Arnold, Malachi Nelson. Those were our finishing five in the top 32. A very, very talented crop. And not to mention Jaden Rashada, who was once in that conversation, found himself in the top 64. This year, Dylan Rayola, who Drew we're going to jump into in a minute. Number one. Outside of that, you go down the list, and it's Jaden Davis on the back end of the top 32. And then just a handful of other guys that I don't want to say we're, we're trying to figure out. But you, guys, you got guys like Julian Sain, Elijah Brown. You go down the list. I'm out of order here. Aaron <laughs> Nolan, DJ Lagway, Walker White, Luke Cromanoke, right? So on and so forth. There are a lot of guys that we are in wait and see mode. But I'm also not looking at these guys and being like, these are elite top 32 guys that we're just trying to figure out and whether or not see if the light comes on. Austin Mack would have been that guy for me. He reclassified. He's going to Washington. Washington. Yeah. So point being, I'm not really that impressed with this quarterback class. I think there's some good arms out there. But if you're looking for that elite game changer round one guy, there's a real possibility that we might end up with only one arm in the top 247 that is a legitimate, projectable first round talent three to four years from now. And that's how I feel. I think some of these guys that we have on the back, like in that top 40, they're closer to 50 than they are to 32. It's a, it's a stark contrast from what we saw in the – 2023 cycle and obviously as the 2023 cycle progressed we felt better and better uh, again you get those big events in the offseason the elite 11 finals the under armor future 50 but you get the senior seasons and then you see them in an all-star setting right uh you said five quarterbacks were ranked inside the top 32 all five of them are in the top 13 right i, I don't think we're going to get here in the 2024 cycle you brought up Dylan Rayola. He holds on to the pole position. We'll, we'll be honest, Cooper. I mean, there were some conversations that maybe he he should not hold on to number one. Ultimately, he does. Um, 
didn't feel like there was another guy that should move ahead of him. Um, Williams Nawarney, uh, the defensive lineman out of Missouri, has one of the longest reaches in the cycle. I thought he took a major step forward uh, from a technical standpoint as a junior. He's number three. And then number two, uh, as crazy as this sounds when we talk positional value, Jeremiah Smith, the wide receiver, I think he probably gave Dylan Rayola uh, the most run for his money. So we don't need to really dig into that that conversation. Um, but you know, with the quarterbacks, I think there's a lot of guys knocking on the door. That's the term I use. It's a, a murky um, picture when it comes to quarterbacks. I think me and you have different opinions. I think everyone on our team has different opinions. And then really anyone you talk to that is involved in scouting they have different opinions on where this quarterback class should be. So ultimately, the decision was made, hey, let's let let this play out over the next few months instead of throwing a bunch of arms in the 32 and, and then extracting them at some point down the line. Uh, you talked about Elijah Brown, kid out of Matter Day. I mean, he has as impressive as a resume as anyone out there, 29-1 and one, uh, as a starting quarterback there in the Trinity League. He has the highest completion percentage of any of these top two, four, seven arms, completing just over 70% of his passes. Coop, I think me and you are bigger fans uh, of him than most in the industry. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, heard good things about how he looked over the weekend at the OT7 uh, regional out there. I think it was in, in, in Arizona and Phoenix. Uh, he's one. Julian saying right behind him, he's kind of reworked his body, put on some good weight, the Alabama commit. Uh, he's also got an impressive record, um, has started 24 games, uh, big arm, can whip it around the field. C.J. Carr, uh, the Notre Dame commit, grandson of Lloyd Carr. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I love I love Carr. Uh, I think he's got a prototypical frame. You know, I was watching some of his playoff games from this past season. I, I don't know how many others uh, saw what I did, um, but for a pocket passer, I thought his ability – to uh, create kind of off script caught me off guard. I, I didn't know he had that in, in his toolbox. So those are three that are right there. Um, I, I would say they're they're uh, the lead pack. Um, and then the guys chasing them, right? Trying to catch up to the Peloton or, or the breakaway, whatever you want to call it. If you want to use some, some road cycling terms here, uh, Aaron Nolan, we talked about him at length in this space. He's a favorite of ours. Uh, the kid out of Georgia, thrown more live passes than anyone else in this class, thrown for more yards and more touchdowns. Big fan of him. Lefty, he can let it fly. Luke Cromanoke, uh, the FSU commit, you know, he's only started a, a one-year starter, previously worked at DB, little wide receiver. Uh, I think he's got an extremely high uh ceiling we just need to see some more le- more reps and, and then the last one cooper dj lagway when you look at what's going on right now with the nfl draft right everyone is falling in love with the traits what they see from anthony richardson dj lagway is kind of in that same mold 6'3 uh, 220 pounds also plays baseball dynamic runner uh, just needs to get a little more consistent so basically you know, the term I use is, you know, it, it hasn't come into focus, the quarterbacks for us. There's varying opinions. Um, and hopefully here over the next few months, you know, we get a better idea of where these guys kind of kind of stand. And uh, I, again, I think the Elite 11 finals will be huge. I think these Elite 11 regionals will be huge when it comes to trying to stack these arms. Um, so, yeah, I mean, bottom line, not as good of a quarterback year as what we saw last year in that 2023 cycle. And there's always going to be guys that emerge right in this process that we didn't expect. And 
if that's going to happen, that's probably going to happen over the next couple months. We just need to have our ears and our eyes open as the Elite 11 Regionals finals start to un- unveil. Maybe some guys outside of that that start to pop as well. But Drew, I mean, you're talking about quarterbacks. I get the feel from 23 to 24, that talent pool is diluted itself from a big picture. Like if I'm a team and this is the NFL, we're not talking about college here. I'm trying to trade this pick. I'm more comfortable going to get a quarterback in the second round than I am in the first round. And on top of that, I'm more comfortable probably picking in the back half of the top 32 than I am in the top half of the top 32. And that's just where we are right now. That might not be the case in a a handful of months when we're in the middle of October and we're doing this again. But you look at the class, I mean, sure, receiver, defensive line, there's some bright spots. Offensive tackle is a position that is lacking top-end talent across the board. Cornerback, we're still waiting for that board really outside of Ellis Robinson, right, at number four. Like, who's the guy? Um, to me, like, when we did this top 32 and really this top 100, it, it stresses you a little bit because it's us trying to fit something that doesn't necessarily fit right now like you know uh in a square peg and a round hole that's kind of the feeling that we had through the top three rounds and we'll see how this board shakes out but since my time here and i have been here long two years in july this is the most uncomfortable i felt in the rankings process and i don't take that as a slight we always knew this was going to be a challenge but you got to do your homework and be dialed on this because this is the furthest out that we've been from doing a top 32. And then, you know, coincidentally enough, you still got 33 through 247. That's got to shake out. Right. So that being said, I guess what I'm saying, this is a precursor to say like, Hey, we're expecting a lot of things to change the next time we got to go back to the drawing board on these rankings. Yeah. And you mentioned offensive tackle, right? I mean, that is a premium position. <laughs> Look at what uh, Laramie Tunsil just got paid, right? Negotiated his own deal. Um, it, it, it is. In, in, inside our 32, we have one offensive lineman, one. Brandon Baker, number 23 overall, another kid at Matter Day. You expand that out to 64, right? Only f- three more linemen in there. It, it is definitely a, a down year, but I think the – I don't know what the term analogy to use here is, but in the back of my mind, uh, uh, I remembered, you know, this time last year and really the past two pre- previous cycles, we've, we've seen a, a, a corner protector go from outside, not even, you know, the, the top 100, but outside top 247 and, and work their way into the 32 and, and become a core part of that 32. Uh, two years ago was Eliza Pritchard, Elijah Pritchard, who signed with Alabama, and then Zalance Hurd, who signed with LSU last cycle. So uh, you would think, uh, I'm eager to see who that individual is, who who shoots up the board for us. But no, offensive tackle and really interior offense alignment, definitely a, a down year. So I think if you, you know, are a fan of a school out there like, you know, these junior days happen, these these June official visits, you you, you are going to want your team to close and seal the deal with those big bodies up front, because right now the pool just seems to be uh, a little bit lacking when it comes to the high end talent. All right, Drew, let's let's start nerding out a little bit, a lot of movement, uh, especially in the top 32, but throughout the 
top 247. You said 43 newcomers, right? And I think that's going to be a trend, not up to that number. That's probably the highest number uh, I would expect uh, in, in terms of top 247 update. I'd be shocked if we got higher than 43 from here on out. Uh, and we, we certainly don't want that. But let's highlight a couple names. And I wrote an article you can find on 247sports.com. 10 risers in the updated 2024 rankings. Drew, I enjoyed this. And it makes you kind of go through your own process and say, hey, I hope we got this figured out. But the guy on the top of the list, you know, who's attached to a bottle rocket, now five-star receiver, Bryant Wesco. And this guy jumped from 101 in the country into the top 10, the number nine player in the country. If you think that's a little high, I'm with you. Uh, But when you look at the big picture and you zoom out a little bit, and then to say, hey, we really only felt strongly about six players inside the top 10. Everybody else is a little bit of a guessing game. Brian Wesco is part of that guessing game. But with him, you look at his father, Brian Wesco Sr., Hall of Fame inductee at Louisiana Tech track and field and the long jump, the triple jump, and the high jump. Brian Wesco himself, not bad in those categories either. Six foot two, 170 pounds. Needs to add some weight to his frame. Went over 1,000 yards this past season. He had 17 touchdowns. Checkbox from a production standpoint. He was the alpha dog in Under Armour Dallas. The live evaluation, that was a checkbox. Then you go back and you watch that tape, Drew, and he kind of blew me away. And for lack of a better option here, you know, when you guys asked me who I thought he kind of reminded me of, the height doesn't exactly match up, but the bounce was T. Higgins the way they move. And I thought the short area quickness as well. He had good marks on his short shuttle. He popped a four, five, five, which at his size, I thought was the biggest question mark. You just go through it. And to me, this is a guy like Cameron Coleman, who we're going to start talking about here in a second. These guys are just scratching the surface of what they're going to be. And the guys that we have ranked ahead of them at a really deep position, Jeremiah Smith and Ryan Wingo are some of the best in the country. I thought this guy was right there alongside them in that conversation. Yeah, six bat, pass catchers inside the top 32. And right, I'm, I'm sure some eyebrows are kind of going up on that. But look at the recent NFL draft trends. Over the past three years, 17 wide receivers in the first round. So that's what, uh, just over five. Um, and, and 32 more going on day two. So yeah, we are heavy on pass catchers, but we like these guys. And, and Wesco is a favorite um, I used this term, I think, last cycle for Jonte Cook, who signed with Texas and is on the smaller side. But you put on that camp footage of, of, of Wesco, he's got like rubber band knees, man. He just moves east-west uh, so easily. And, and you talk about the bounce, his ability to break off defensive backs is, is, is amazing, right? It's some of the best here we've seen in the, in the 2024 cycle. You talk about that pedigree. Uh, what he has done on the track, feeling really good about him. Uh, and then you start looking at the schools recruiting him, and it's like, all right, like these are these are the ones that kind of know wide receivers. TCU um, is in there. Oklahoma's in there. Clemson's in there. I believe he's visiting LSU this week as well. Uh, so he's certainly a name to know. Big riser for us, guy we feel confident about, and someone that could be a, a go-to target on Saturdays and then, and then maybe eventually Sundays just with what – he's able to do and his profile and um, his ceiling. Cause you're right, Cooper. I, I agree. You know, just starting to scratch the surface of that potential. He's going to have to play into that ranking 
right? A couple of these guys are. I mean, it's us kind of hedging our bets and pushing our chips into the middle of the table, even though we're not that far down the line right now. But this is a guy that we fully expect to emerge as one of the best playmakers in the country. He's shown enough on tape. He showed it live. And then in terms of going back and seeing where he stacks up physically, he's certainly in that conversation as well. So Brian Wesco, one of the past catchers, we'll talk about there. Drew, the edge position, these pass rushers, I kind of want to pot them together, okay? And let's start with Jordan Ross, a guy that we have talked about a lot on this show, so we do not have to go the full distance uh, on Jordan Ross. And if you want to go back, you want to get more context on Jordan Ross, you can go back to the show where we talked about some of the top performers for the Under Armour Atlanta Combine there at Carrollton High School. But Jordan Ross, he goes from 81 to 12, right? And this was a guy that comes in, I think the biggest question mark about him was, okay, there wasn't double-digit sack production. When you look at the athletic makeup, that didn't make a lot of sense. But he's a two-sport athlete. And the size, not as much as the length, but as much as the bulk was going to be a question coming into Atlanta. He came in at 215, 6'4 and change, and was measured in at 35-and-a-half-inch arms. Now, we're a little bit skeptical on the arm length, but even if that was an inch off, he'd he'd be in an elite category there. Right, run sub four seven, great short area quickness, multi sport athlete on the hardwood, very explosive lower body, and a really reactionary athlete. And when I talk about reactionary athlete, I talk about quickness, agility, balance, his ability to bend the edge, the closing speed. I mean, he is double plus up arrow. We love this kid, similar to Wesco. It's a it's a calculated roll of the dice, which is kind of the theme for us. But I had no issue betting on this kid because I think he's got a chance to be the best pass rusher in the country. Basketball kid, right? So he's running up and down the court. I I think the biggest thing for Jordan Ross will just be that transformation once he's lifting in a a college weight room, eating at a college uh, training table. Um, Yeah, the tape, I think, leaves a little to be desired, right, Cooper? You you put it on. Um, But there are clips of him going from hash to hash, making tackles there uh, across the pocket. His closing speed is there. Talk about traits. He's got the traits. I'm a big fan of him. Obviously, we have him ranked where he isn't. I do agree. I, you know, I would not be surprised if he emerges as the premier kind of edge edge player here in the 2024 cycle. Jordan Ross, another guy that was in that conversation. We kept flip-flopping, which one's better right now. I mean, it's kind of like splitting hairs. And these these two guys aren't particularly the same, right? We're talking about Ross at 215, and the other guy we're getting ready to talk about, Dylan Stewart, who shot up from 125 to number 13. So those two pass rushers back-to-back. But Stewart, a lot different of a bill. I mean, we're talking about a guy 6'5", 235 pounds, has shown some ability as a 3'4", stand-up outside linebacker. He can also play at the second level as well. Very comfortable there. You don't see him a lot in pass coverage, but just the way they utilize him from the second level. This is a guy who had 16 sacks, pushes there. We saw enough in terms of the physical clay that he's going to continue to grow into that. These guys are very different. To me, Ross is more of a slow burn development type. And Stewart is a guy that I can see showing up to a college campus day one and being a guy that has a physical presence enough to contribute day one. I agree. Um, and he's got some good uh, testing when it comes to the change of directions. You, you mentioned him playing linebacker. Um, 
I think it sometimes they almost use him as like a mic, right? He would just kind of blitz through that. Uh, another guy where closing speed in the pocket, like his ability to get home and, and finish certainly jumps out on tape. And, and that's important when you're, you're trying to project and, and scout these front seven defenders. Like, Hey, can they, can they finish the task? Like, can they complete it um, and, and keep the legs pumping? Stewart, one of the best we've seen at that. Um, and another guy from the, the, the DMV, right? Last, last cycle was Nicholas Harbor that created all the noise. Um, now we got, now we got Dylan Stewart there, uh, who's going to have all the colleges flying in. And he's obviously someone that's already a, a big time target for, for programs around the country. I believe he was recently at Georgia. Um, everyone is going after the, the big man at the friendship collegiate Academy. The third guy also very different, right? Jamonte Waller out of the state of Mississippi, a guy sub six foot two, 235 pounds. Drew, we got the introduction. We love the tape, but we got the introduction in Atlanta. And that was kind of like, remember the name type of performance there. And this is a guy smooth, explosive, and so sudden in his pass rushing movements. I think he showed a little bit of everything. We saw the Dwight Freeney spin move at, at one point in Atlanta. We saw the lead in his hands, but he plays with little wasted motion and he plays fast. And this is a guy that's fast, but under control. And for us, he's a little bit of an outlier, right? It's it's not a guy that you're like, hey, this is typically somebody that you see in the top 32 at sub six foot two as an edge rusher. But he kind of reminded us a little bit of former first round draft pick out of Michigan, Brandon Graham, who's had a 13 year NFL career with the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, this is a guy that tested very well. He's got a six foot six plus wing. He's got 34 plus inch arms. He had a 34 inch vert. I mean, so the verified testing in terms of what we've seen on the field, he had 11 sacks. I think that number is probably going to increase this year. I mean, he's a bona fide dude. I don't know if he's got the staying power to be a, a top 32 guy at the end of the day, but this is a dude who has a rare combination of a super high floor into me and ascending ceiling as well. I love the kind of versatility he brings right to that, to that front point of attack. You know, is he a stand up edge? Is he more of a, a inside backer? Like I think he can do a little bit of everything, right? Coop. Um, and you know, that's kind of the name of the game, right? You know, Look what Georgia does on defense, right? A bunch of different bodies, um, guys that aren't playing, you know, 60 snaps, right? They're kind of situational packages. And and Waller, yeah, he, he's a tweener, but tweeners are in, right? And and the tape matched up with what we saw in Atlanta, right? The testing matched up with what we saw on our eyes, you know, on tape. So uh, e- easy addition, agree. You know, staying power might be a little bit difficult, but you know, a lot to like about Waller. And it's not shocking that half the SEC is after him. He's a fun one. He's a fun one. He's one that like, I feel really comfortable with right now. Uh, And I don't expect the bottom to fall out on him. We talked about earlier why that's important. All right, Andrew, let's stick defensive side of the ball. Let's go to the defensive line and a guy that was heavily debated on the defensive line, Aiden Breland out of modern day in California, modern day, very well represented inside the top 50 uh, in the 2024 top 247 update. But this is a guy, the more you study the physical clay, it's not really a question. Sometimes you turn on the tape and he leaves you wanting more from a motor effort standpoint. 
But in terms of what's in the body, it's hard to teach, you know, and, and people want to talk about his first step, the explosiveness in the hands. Yes, that is very impressive. But when you see a guy at his size, six foot five, 290 pounds, playing off the edge in a three down defense, doing the things that doing the things that he's doing from a run and chase standpoint in his activity down the line of scrimmage, that's what grabs your attention on a guy like Aiden Breland. And I love the position versatility. I think he is one of the best athletes uh, in the top two, four, seven in 2024. And he's just got to put it together. I mean, a similar guy last year was kind of like James Smith, right? We went back and forth on this cat and really not as much about physical ability as it was about the consistency you want to get out of the player and a player like Aiden Breland, even at a place like modern day should be able to dominate. And, you know, I, I came away with a comp. I know how, how hard comps are to find, but Christian Barmore was kind of the guy, the, the former standout out of Alabama, ended up getting drafted, I want to say second round by New England Patriots a couple couple years ago. But position versatile, I talked about the activity inside, has some pass rushing upside, but big, nimble athlete uh, that can clean a lot of things up. We talked about him a little bit last week uh, when we were highlighting some, some risers. He's kind of um, – one of one in the top 32 in, in terms of there's not really a lot of big bodies like him that are, I would say, like a, a true two gapper, right? You know, this this guy can, um, he's, a, he's a bully up front. And uh, I brought up that that clip and hopefully, you know, when we discuss him on, on, on the YouTube show, they show that clip where he gets out in the flats and is essentially running a route with a running back and then jumps up and tips the pass away. I mean, that, that was the clip for me. Um, where I was like, whoa, all right, this this is this guy's a little bit different um than some of his peers. Uh I, I think he's an easy addition. You, you mentioned Matter Day Coop. I mean, we we gotta get out there and, and see them play, right? Um, they got the two offensive linemen, Brendan Baker, Elijah Brown. We talked a little bit on the front of the end of the podcast, the quarterback, and then you got Aiden Breland. I mean, they are loaded up. I, I want to say they have like six guys inside the top two, four, seven. Um, but no, Breland is one to me, right? If you want to talk big picture recruiting, like if you're in the Pac-12 or uh, I guess USC or, or UCLA transition into the to the Big Ten, like there are not creatures like that usually uh, on that side. You got to keep them out west, right? Like that that's that's a storyline to track here over the next few months. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Breland, I believe, has a visit to Ohio State and Columbus. Larry Johnson set up. Um, 
could be wrong there. Thought that came across my timeline, but talked about it. Those guys out West and Mark Pantone, associate AD of player personnel. <laughs> he talked about the opportunities that open up now with USC and UCLA and in the fold of the Big Ten in 2024. It's a little bit easier to sell for those big guys. And Larry Johnson, I mean, he doesn't need any introduction. Defensive line coach for Ohio State. Drew, another one, you want to talk about wild card. I mean, if you're if you're going to place a wild card label on a kid in the top 32, it'd be Dominic McKinley out of Acadiana in Louisiana. And a guy that, very different, but I think for us in terms of maybe the trajectory of the player and how much information we really knew about Zoe Lance Hurd, it was kind of comparable, right? And we were super, super conservative with Zoe Lance Hurd which I will not apologize for, you know, but this one, us in the top 32, having to make these moves right now, you get to the back end of the board and it's kind of diluted and you got to make some calculated decisions. To me, Dominic McKinley, he's exactly that. He is a big, raw body, really same size as Aiden Breland, same stature, six foot five, 290 pounds. He's going to play on the inside. Everything you want from a physical traits perspective but he's got to put it together. Uh, and to me, you know, he could be anywhere from a guy that moves up in the rankings to finishes in the top 100. I just really don't know, you know, uh, and I think you want more, but from the little you've seen, you feel pretty, pretty comfortable with it. We didn't even have a profile picture of him until the update came out. It was just kind of a, a ghost, right? Uh, I think that describes him. Not a ton of verified information out there. I think out of all of the guys in the 32, this is the one where it's like, all right, we don't know much of anything. Um, so it is a roll of the dice. But what we what we have seen, what we've been able to gather working the back channels, like you, you feel comfortable uh, or, or somewhat comfortable to get him in there. But I, I agree. You know, he, he could definitely be a mover. Um, but yeah, big body up front. Talk about this this being a a passing game, but you, you are a, a era of passing and football still need still need guys that can clog up the middle, and, and McKinley can do that. Line of scrimmage play matters, and a guy like McKinley, you bake in obviously what we talked about with the physical clay, along with the fact that it's a position of need for most programs out there. That's that's going to be one that they prioritize. That's why Dominic McKinley gets the nod at number. 31. All right, Drew, let's bounce back to these receivers. One of the guys that we've really liked in the process, and I'm going to point to you and Gabe Brooks, really kind of been working this guy hard. But Terry Bussey, who we have listed as an athlete, I, I believe. But Terry Bussey is a guy, small town, state of Texas, four-sport athlete, three-phase player, went over 2,000 yards in the air and on the ground, had over 4,700 yards between both. Had 75 touchdowns. 75 touchdowns as a junior, not to mention 115 tackles and a handful of interceptions on the defensive side of the ball. He also had a couple return kickoffs and punts. So Terry Bussey, in terms of the production, it's not even a conversation. I mean, 75 touchdowns, regardless of what level of football you're playing, that's that's a lot. Yeah, and it seems like... You like him at receiver, right? (laughs) I do. I don't even really think it's a question. I don't see it. I was talking with the program yesterday. We're having the same conversation about Jalen Mbakwe. I mean, why why are we trying to make these guys something that they're not? And I look at Terry Bussey, 
And I think he's a receiver. You might fight me on that, but this is a guy, 10, 6, 6, 100 meter. We talked about the multi-sport athleticism. You turn on the combine tape from Dallas, and this dude is pretty raw for a guy that really hasn't strictly played the receiver position. And you talk about his natural ability to separate and go get the football. If, if the best thing that this guy does is create big and explosive plays, why are you going to take that away? Yeah, I mean, we, we again, Bussy, another guy we, we highlighted last week on the podcast. I see where you're coming from. Uh, I'm call me a defensive guy. Am, am I a defensive guy? I, I don't know. I, I like the, the idea of playing him safety, nickel, nickel corner role um, and match him up with those premier wide receivers that are running wild all over college football. Stick him on those guys. He can run with them. 115 tackles on defense, five interceptions. Four of those are pick sixes. I read off the resume. Um, I think the the fun nugget here, Mr. Texas Football by Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Other winners for that award, Kyler Murray, Johnny Manziel, Spencer Sanders, Jacquez Rogers. So um, big time talent guy. I, I I fought to get him higher in the in the rankings. Um, but um one one to know if you are uh if you're listening out there and just really trying to dive into to these individuals. People are going to knock the size. When you turn on the tape from Dallas and you look at this kid, there's no question. Like, there's, there's no question about the frame. Like, he is put together. He's 180 pounds right now. And I think on tape, you look at him, you're like, all right, he's probably 165. He's put together. He's got an explosive lower half. I think he's dynamic. I think he's a game changer. And you know what? You know what I would say if I was in a building, Drew? That conversation we just had doesn't matter. Just oh yeah, you, you just doesn't, doesn't you matter. Could, you could play him on special teams and just just special teams him up, right? What, what three kickoff return touchdowns, punt return touchdown? Just he's get, special. Get him in the building. He's special. All right, another guy that is special in terms of the physical clay, and we've talked about him a little bit on this show. Cameron Coleman drew and came in six three plus, hundred and eighty pounds. He ran four four eight. He jumped out of the building almost at eleven foot broad. The production this year was, it, it doesn't wow you in any sense, but you turn on the IMG game and he's going up against Desmond Ricks and corner opposite over there who's in our top five for whatever reason. I'm blanking on his name. Um, Elias Robinson. Ellis Robinson, yeah. Ellis, and for whatever Ellis, reason, Ellis. I, yeah, I always, always get that mixed up. But anyway, he had some plays in that game there. you're like, okay. You, you kind of see what this guy's capable of, and then you show up in Atlanta. And to me, he seemed like a completely different player in terms of the confidence of how he was handling himself there. Knew that I think he was one of the best players there and performed that way. 50-50 pass catcher. You can talk about the route tree maybe being a little bit more limited. But in terms of having a perimeter player that can go above the rim and make highlight-making plays consistently, that's Cameron Coleman. And you talk about a guy that can take the top off a of defense, that's him. And I think he's more than a one-trick pony. He's got a strong physical frame. You talk about Brian o and you talk about Cameron Coleman, these dudes are pups, puppies. And that's what you love about them. And their, their best football is straight ahead of them. And I'm excited because I think both those guys are going to have very big senior years. Yeah, uh, Coleman, uh, young for his grade, right? 
love to see that, especially when you're trying to project these guys long term, right? Uh, normally, it's the other way around, old for a grade. So Coleman being young uh, is encouraging. And then OT7 West Regional out in Phoenix. You know, I talked to Brandon Huffman, uh, talked to Chris Singletary. Both those guys were there. Coleman was the alpha dog of the event. Um, so you you love to see that, especially after we make the decision on Friday, like, hey, he's in he's in the 32 and then he goes out at, a, at an event where there are tons of elite defensive backs out there um, and, and puts on a show. I, I don't know if you saw the, the clip, Cooper, it's floating around on, on Instagram. I think that's where I saw it, maybe even on Twitter as well. But the team he's playing for, they line up um, all what is, all five other players like drop down and start doing push ups. Um, and they throw up a jump ball opposite field to Cameron Coleman, and he goes up over two defenders and comes down with it. Uh, on the recruiting front for him, just visited Florida State. Texas A&M's in there. Uh, was also recently at LSU. Clemson offered a few days ago. Cameron Coleman, big-time, big-time talent. Reminds me of the receivers Clemson used to get when Jeff Scott was there, right? Like these big outside perimeter players um, that can run and, and play above the shoulder pads. <laughs> Ironically enough, last time we got on the show, we talked about Cameron Coleman. I don't think the Tigers had pulled the trigger yet. Since then, they have, and they've gotten on board. That has nothing to do with that, us, I'm, I'm sure of it. Um, but you're right. Maybe that's got something to do with Jeff Scott. And he does look like those guys, right? Whether it's, it's, it's Justin Ross or you want to talk about T. Higgins, those big physical frames, guys that can get downfield that are just mismatch options. <laughs> All right, let's get to our guide, not in the top 32, but a name that you should definitely keep an eye on. Idaho. Let's go to Idaho. Idaho for the second straight year, just producing freaks, Kenyon Sadiq last year. This year, Gatlin Bear, six foot two, 180 pounds. Bear posted a 10 4 600 meter time in April of last year and a faster 60 meter time. In this name that you're going to be pretty familiar with. That is Roderick Pleasant, was one of the two fastest prospects in the top 247 last year between him and Nicholas Harbor. If you know anything about Nicholas Harbor and Roderick Pleasant, it's that they're very fast. So Gatlin Bear being in that same conversation is something. You know we love the physical traits. Malachi Coleman was another name that we talked about a lot. Gatlin Bear last year, 56 receptions, almost 1,000 yards, 15 tuds. 123 yards per game, 17.6 yards per catch. All fairness to him, that's what you would expect him to do at that level in the state of Idaho. This is a dude, Drew, that I like where we got him. We got him outside the top 40. I don't know if he's technically a top 32 guy. I could also see him trending back and being more of a back-end top 64, maybe top 75 guy. But that speed, I'll tell you what, you see it on tape. Um, it's something, and that's really what it came down to. Like. Pantone said it. It's very simple. Fast is fast. You verify that speed. You see it on tape. You start to start feeling a little bit of a different way about it. So those are traits you can't teach that Gatlin Bear has. Excited about this dude. I, I, I hope at some point we get to see him live before he signs on the dotted line. Well, he, he's in the All-American Bowl, right? Just got that invite. Um, fired up about that, right? Like we, we will get to see him at the end. It'll kind of be like Lincoln Keinholtz, who Mark Pantone talked about, right? Guy coming from a region where there's not a ton of competition. What is he going to look like under the lights? I didn't even know this about Gatlin, um, and it's not surprising. His brother, big-time heptathlete uh, at, at, at uh, Mississippi State, 
has the school record there for that. What is that? Uh, multi multi event. Hepta- What'd you hepta- say? Heptathlon. <laughs> okay, explain that for the listeners in me. <laughs> it's, no a, it, that is. it's it's a multi-sport uh, you enter and, and you compete in multiple different things right 60 meter hurdles um you know shot put you're a well-rounded athlete right you, you don't do just one event and his brother is at mississippi state i didn't even know that that never even came up in, in rankings conversations so feeling feeling even better about gatlin blair I can just see him and Creed Whitmore just raining havoc in Starkville, <laughs> Mississippi State. Josh Flowers throwing the ball up to the boys. Gatlin Bear, what a dude. Drew, I don't think we're missing anybody. I think that highlights all 10. We got through them pretty efficiently. Actually, no, we are missing a corner, a corner that you love. Aaron Scott, Drew, you, you love this cat. I'm going to set you up. I got my thoughts on him. Talk to the people about Aaron Scott. Well, I did a lot of homework on the uh, on the defensive backboards, right? Went through them, studied them a bunch. Um, Aaron Scott, big riser for us. Goes from number 243 to what, 33, Cooper? You have it in front of you? Um, 36. 36. 36. You know, older testing data on him for, for a kid that was just finishing his 10th grade year of high school was, was super encouraging. And then you put on the film um, – you know, plays bigger than I think his his numbers would su- suggest out on the outside. I think what stands out about Aaron Scott, who is from Springfield, Ohio, is his ability to find the football. You know, we talk about it with cornerbacks like at the end of the day. Yeah, you can run. Um, you can make tackles. You can have this great athletic profile. But when the ball's in the air, can you go get it? And are you in position to make a play? And I think Aaron Scott uh, checks off those boxes uh, extremely well. Ohio State, Michigan after him. Kentucky's also involved there. Um, five INTs as a junior. Um, probably would have had more if people threw it his way. Um, just just love love the makeup and, and what he brings to the table. One of my favorite corners that I saw out there, you talked about, hey, are, are, are more corners going to enter that 32? I think Aaron Scott's a name to know. Aaron Scott, there you have it. Another name that we didn't mention in the modern day party earlier, Xavier Brown who drew, I think it's important to note, got some consideration for the top 32. We kind of went back and forth on that. We like him, sub 11-1, 100-meter, or I think 11-1-3, right? I think right yeah. around there in that neighborhood, but a big physical corner uh, that maybe could grow into a safety, but we kind of like him on that boundary side. Uh, so Aaron Scott, another guy, I think the biggest thing that kind of stood out with him is his ability in man-to-man. I mean, that's, yeah. that's seems like such a simple thing to say, but – Super sudden, very under control uh, in terms of the eye discipline and playing the football. He's very active there, always in the right spot at the right time. So Aaron Scott, certainly a name to keep an eye on in the top two, four, seven rankings. Drew, that about does it for our top 10 risers. Anything that you would like the listeners to know? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a process and we keep hammering it over the head and like, listen, man, everybody's going to view this through their, through their own lens. Um, but I guess I'll set you up like this. If I'm a if I'm a LSU fan, and I'll use them as an example, and I'm going through these rankings, what is it important for me to keep in mind? Colin Hurley, right quarterback, reclassified from 25, was initially in our top 100. Now sitting outside, and you know we've got a ton of exposure to him. 
interested to see if he makes makes the elite 11 finals we talked about that with the quarterbacks and how important that's going to be but really want to see what he does as a senior right what is decision making processes like does he improve that completion percentage does he cut down on the takeaways and the errant throws and the interceptions um so i think for colin hurley right you know not he's not in the top 247 right now but he's one of those arms that is that is right there for us that we want to see it play out so I think that's one. I mean, is that is that what you're is that what you're looking for on LSU? Yeah, no, no, no. And I use LSU as an example. I didn't mean them in particular. I'm just saying, if I'm a fan of a school and I'm going through the top two, four, seven, and maybe I feel a certain way about a ranking, maybe I feel like player X that's committed to Y program is ranked too high, or vice versa. Maybe there's a player that is committed to my program that I feel is ranked too low. Like what's what's it important for me to keep in mind as we're Definitely. eleven uh, months yeah, away we're, from it's it's that right there. We're eleven months out. There's gonna be a ton of changes, right? This is a big board. This is fluid, right? There is going to be movement um as we gather more data points, as we get more exposure. We haven't even played senior seasons. Again, some of these states we're gonna have spring football, padded spring practices, and then you get into those um invite only summer events the future 50 uh, i think they're going to do something with the elite 11 finals with some skill guys there as well uh, as well um you got those big seven on seven tournaments and yeah sure yes it's it's shirts and shorts but when you get this elite talent all together um you know it's 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 it makes it easier to kind of stack and identify all right you know there's a wide collection of talent here you know what who's going to rise to the top so uh, that would be my biggest thing we are we are just now opening up the book on this on this 2024 cycle new names are going to emerge guys we like getting, guys we like are going to go down and and other guys are going to go up just getting started baby just getting started on on the 2024 top 247 and i got to give my guy drew some some credit cuz he won't stick this out for himself but my boy grinds on this. He was grinding this weekend. Sometimes it's a lonely job, but he's doing a hell of a job. So top two, four, seven, we'll put a bow on it. We'll, we'll stop right there. And your feedback, as always, as I'm sure you will have no hesitation this time around, give us your feedback on these rankings. Please do. Uh, also, if you're a fan of the show, you enjoy the show, the guest interviews. We'll have a new one tomorrow. We're excited about that one. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, and wherever else. Also, make sure to leave a comment as well. I know there's four feeds of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. We're going to get that corrected. In the meantime, <laughs> try to leave a review on the one that's got the most reviews. Really not fair of us to ask, but here I am asking it of you. For... Our main man, Andrew Ivins, who we hope can find a ticket to Madison Square Garden to go see his FAU Owls. Drew, who do they play? Tennessee. It's a big one. I, I'm just picturing like, you know, I've been to my fair share of Florida, Tennessee games. Like, I don't want to hear Rocky Top over and over <laughs> and over again. But the line has gone down. It was five and a half. Now it's four and a half. I went to... Uh, I went to Baton Rouge this past year for LSU, Tennessee, that ass whooping that we got to see in Baton Rouge and uh, LSU alone. And on Saturdays, you know, who knows? I mean, you know, you, you go to the game, wear neutral colors, you just try to enjoy the environment. But I'll tell you what, man, Rocky Top, 
feeling themselves last year. I'll, I'll I, say got feel, I got a, I got a feeling you're going to be hearing that song a lot because I don't think there's a lot of other options out there that they can play. Oh yeah. I got, I think nine buddies are all flying in for this. Um, it, this is the biggest sporting event in FAU history. Right. And a lot of people are like, you're, you're going and, and you know, you're going to lose. And it's like, I've done 12 years of Florida Atlantic football. I've gone to plenty of football games and lost 42 to 10. All right. Like <laughs> it's in, it's in the blood, right? You, you show up with low expectations and then whatever happens, happens. You've been in the mud before. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Taggart. I mean, you've been through it. You know, Carl, you deserve Carl Polini. <laughs> Carl Polini, you, you deserve this. And guess what? If it doesn't work out, you got a, you got a trip to New York, right? It's a bucket list item, man. It's a bucket my, list item. My school, which has never made the tournament, playing in Madison Square Garden. I, I'm, I, I can't wait. There you go, baby. Well, enjoy it, Drew. For us, very important. I got a wedding this weekend. Hey, we got one guy. We got one guy engaged this past weekend. She said yes. By the way, for okay. those of you who were just waiting, <laughs> little hesitation. Just kidding. No, it was a beautiful <laughs> moment. Glad I was there in New Orleans, holding it down, baby. And for Andrew Ivins, I'm Cooper Patagna. For Lance, for Lance Ginn, our producer, Rutgers NIL Booster. He's not here for him as well. Guys, we appreciate you listening to the show. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.